it's a great day for some coffee and a chat in the greenhouse. So grab your cup and I'll see you there. Hey guys, and welcome back to Chats in the Greenhouse. Thanks for joining me and being here and tuning in and listening in today. Um, Last week on our podcast, I said we were going to be talking about chapter 13 of my book, which is called The Magnolia Promise. This is about a point in my life when we had had the birth of our rainbow baby, Beacon Meadow. Um, I had felt the restoration. God had given us the promise of having her. And at this point in my life where this story comes into play, she was about two years old, I think. We had not prevented since the birth of her because we were still hoping for four children, even though we felt guilty of that. We just kept going back and forth of like each one of our children was a miracle. And here we are asking God yet again. It just been like this longest phase of our life in trying for a baby, waiting for a baby, going through loss of a baby and all the things It just had been going on for about 10 years at this point. So we had been trying for two years to have another baby after my third child. So that was after my first miscarriage. Then I had Beacon, which was our rainbow baby. And we had kind of chatted back and forth, but felt really guilty about going to see a fertility doctor. We had kind of talked back and forth about, okay, maybe we should go back. Maybe we should see what your counts look like, see if we're a candidate to do some type of procedure. We were like, you know, if we could just go through and get some help, we would be done with this. We'd be done with this phase. We could have our fourth baby we could be done with trying we could be done going through all of this it's so exhausting constantly thinking you're pregnant every month for what 12 years I mean that's a lot to be in that cycle of trying or loss or something so started talking and like kind of teetering with the idea of going back to see the doctor Brent had not been in a couple years and so we didn't know what his counts were so I was like you know what what if I just call and we see if we can get some type of procedure my cycles were regular at that point they were always on time and so I didn't feel like it would be a problem to be able to go in and have some kind of assistance to help us get pregnant so I called and made an appointment I remember talking to them and telling them okay I want to get an appointment I want to talk to the doctor about possibly having some type of procedure done to expedite this process so we're not sitting here trying for two more years. I'm ready to be done and move on with this phase. They agreed and we're like, okay, let's get you in. Let's get you seen. Let's get this process started. I'm like, okay, great. So on the morning of my appointment, I remember just being like in the best mood. I was just so excited. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. I was wearing my favorite sweater. And I remember going down the driveway and glancing out the window to see this little magnolia tree. Now in in episodes before, I had spoke about planting a magnolia tree in remembrance of the baby that I had lost to find healing. And at this point, this magnolia tree had been planted for about four years and it had never grown. This thing was the exact opposite of a memory tree, a tree to plant in remembrance of someone or of our baby because it had not grown. It was just like I thought it was dying constantly. I had put soil around it. It had washed out. I 
put rocks around it to keep it from washing out. It just never bloomed, never nothing. It's still, it's still even to this day is tiny. And then that was probably seven, six years ago. And it still has not grown at all. So on this day, I remember just glancing out and seeing it on the way down the driveway and just thinking up the little baby that I had lost before and seeing its little shape and that nothing had happened with it. And I was just thinking on the way to doctor's office, like, this is going to be a good day. I'm going to get answers. Everything was good. So as I get to the appointment and everything was going great with the doctor and he was like, okay, so your menstrual cycles are regular. And I was like, yes, they have been regular for um, a year everything's been great so he's like okay well looking at your cycle schedule because you had to like make out a calendar list of all the schedules and everything um, each cycle how it had been coming on time he was like so it looks like by your menstrual schedule you should have started yesterday right and I remember just sitting there and being like what like, I had not even paid attention because I was anticipating this appointment so much. This was the first time in, like, a very long time that I had even not realized that I was late for my period. So, I'm sure, like, as he stared at me, I was, like, super puzzled because I'm sitting here charting in my head and being like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually late. So, I was like, yeah, 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 sure, um... Yeah, I'm sure I will be starting today. No worries, totally under control. So he was like, okay, well, we'll go ahead and make you an appointment. We'll get your husband in here and we'll go ahead and plan on doing your procedure in two weeks from now. So I was like, okay, great. So I left the appointment that day and I was thinking, okay, this is going to be great. I'm going to have this procedure done in like two weeks. But I was also like, what in the world? How did I not realize that I was late for my cycle? So I remember thinking back to, you know, the Amazon bag that I've always talked about. I always had a ton of pregnancy tests to take at any time. I knew I did not have any. So I swing into Dollar General on the way home, grab a test, get home as fast as I can, and take the test and see two light pink lines looking back at me and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And I remember sitting there and just like my eyes filling with tears because I was, something was wrong and I just knew it. Like by the number of days that I was pregnant was over four weeks. Every time that I've taken tests at four weeks and it's been a healthy positive, it's been like a dark pink line at that point. Because I've taken tests with my other two girls at three weeks and then be a dark pink positive. And this was a light pink positive. So I went ahead and took the other test and it also was a light pink positive as well. It's like clearly two lines were there, but they just were not dark pink. They were light and it just made me feel worried. So um, I would feel like, you know, I'd been through that before. I'd been through loss before and that was how I had it before. I was at like five weeks. They were light positive and it gradually got darker. So over the next few days, I just bought a ton of pregnancy tests and kept testing and testing and each time I'd get a light positive, I'd get a little darker, I'd get a little lighter. And then over the next few days, it got lighter and lighter. And I was just, I knew that it was coming. I knew I was going to miscarry again. And I was absolutely devastated. So I had to call the doctor and tell them, hey, I found out I was actually pregnant. And so they wanted to do blood work and things. And over the next few weeks, I had went in Actually, on the morning I was supposed to have blood work done was the morning that I I was six weeks pregnant and I ended up losing our baby on that day. 
um, I remember just being like absolutely devastated. I never wanted to go through miscarriage in the first place. And I had already battled that storm. And then having to go through it a second time was just baffling to me. It was just overwhelming to me. It was like all the emotions from the first miscarriage came to me with the second miscarriage and then going to the doctor's office. And they were just not very nice. They were like telling me that, you know, we probably, you might could have not even been pregnant, even though I had like 10 positive pregnancy tests. They're like, when it's this early, we call them a missed miscarriage or we call them a chemical pregnancy or, um, they have all these terms actually for early pregnancies to make you feel like that you were actually not carrying a baby or you're actually not pregnant. And in a mother's eyes, that does not make you feel any better whatsoever. If you are a nurse and you're listening to this and you work on the mother floor or you work in mother baby, don't ever make a mom that's pregnant feel like she wasn't ever pregnant or her baby was any less of a baby just because of how far along she was because that is so hard to hear it's just it is because the moment you find out that you're pregnant you love that baby you mother that baby it's yours and no one can take that away from you and when someone tries to rip that out rip that out of your hands it hurts so bad it is a pain that is indescribable it's so hard to put into words but remember just going through that loss and feeling so confused and overwhelmed and just distraught, honestly. On the day of my miscarriage, I remember coming home from the doctor's office. They had had me come in and do blood work to see like where my levels were, how my body was acting with this pregnancy to make sure everything was going okay to release the pregnancy and that I would be healthy through that. And on the way home, I remember looking out my window at my little magnolia tree like I always had done. Every time I drive home, I always glance over at it. Every year before, it had never changed in size or appearance or anything. But on this particular day, and I had just looked at it days before, but on this particular day, on the way home, where I'd been bawling all the way home, crying, I was losing the baby, I look out the window and see a magnolia bloom on this little tree. As soon as I saw the little bud or the bloom on the tree, I slammed on the brakes and I jump out of the car and I go over to this tree because I was like, what in the world? On this day of all days, this magnolia tree has blooms on it. And it wasn't just one bloom. As I started to look over the entire tree, I saw one, two, three full blooms. And then I see these little buds. As I look through the tree, I see another like little bud and then I see another bud and then another bud. And I'm like, what in the world? What does this mean? There is three blooms that are open flowers, white, beautiful magnolia flowers. And there are three buds. One looked like it was about to open, but the other two were just little buds. And I was just like praying and I'm just like, God, what does this mean? On this tree that is so significant, it was planted in memory of the baby that I lost. Now there is three blooms and there's three buds. And it was like I felt God just whispering to me saying, those three blooms are your three children that you have here on earth. That is Bentley, Bays, and Beacon. And these three buds are the promises that you have. There are two with me in heaven now. And then this one is the baby that you will have on this earth. You will have your six children, two in heaven and four on earth. And the one that was looking like it was going to bud 
Goldberg was going to bloom is the one that I was going to have. He was promising me that I would indeed have a fourth child. I lost it. I was just crying and like worshiping and just like praying and just like, God, is this true? I didn't believe it, but I wanted to believe it. I was like, I mean, I feel this just as sure as the world that this is what you're saying to me, but I just, I need, I need to know that it's true. (laughs) So I had had my blood work done that day. And also my husband had had went in and had some testing done on him. And we would be awaiting those results for the next, over the next few days. Um, so I remember being upstairs doing school with my children. We homeschool and getting a call from the doctor that I'd been waiting on. And on the other end of the voice, I mean, on the other end of the phone, the girl's voice was not very reassuring. She was just like, hey, it's me from the doctor's office, and I'm just calling to give you the results to your test and let you know that you and your husband are actually not going to be a candidate for any kind of procedure that we can do here at the office. Not IVF, not insemination, no procedure whatsoever. We can't help you. And I am to advise you that you should not try to get pregnant ever again. And I was like, what? And she was like, I'm so sorry. I know. And I'm like, you need to explain. Like, I don't understand. What do you mean? Because we were just candidates. And she was like, well, that was before he had his testing done. But actually, he is basically sterile. There's no way that he can father any more children. There's no way that you will get pregnant. If you do get pregnant on your own, you will lose the baby every single time. So I would just suggest not to set yourself up for that type of failure. And his counts and shapes and all the things are not going to be a candidate for any type of procedure that we could do in the office because it will ultimately end in failure. I dropped to my knees. I was like... All of the breath had been kicked out of me. I was like, what? Like, I just, a couple of days prior, had saw this magnolia tree and felt God telling me this and had felt such a confirmation. But in this moment, this doctor or this nurse was telling me the results from a doctor saying that this was never going to be us. This was not going to be my story. My story was going to end this way. And I felt so devastated. And as I gathered myself and I gathered my thoughts off the floor and made my way over to the window, I looked out the window and saw down to the magnolia tree that God had given me a promise on. The significant tree planted beside my driveway that had never bloomed, never grown, never changed, honestly looked dead that was now covered in limbs. And I see what looks to be a fourth bloom in this very moment. So I get off the phone, I go outside, I walk over to the magnolia tree, and I do indeed see that this fourth bloom has bloomed. And I'm like, okay, so now there's four blooms and there's two little buds. And it was just so, just as sure as I'm speaking to you, felt like God was speaking to me and saying, don't listen to them. It does not matter because I'm giving you this promise right now between you and me that says you will have four babies on this earth. That is my will. But I needed these two babies that you've carried for a short time. I need them more than you do. And those are those two buds. Those are the two you hold in heaven. You're going to be a mother of six, two here and four there. And this will happen. Just trust me. And I just gave it to him and was like, okay, I'm going to give this to you, Lord. I'm just giving you my life like I always have. And I'm just going to try and believe and have full faith that you indeed are going to give us this promise. 
Now, I'm not going to say that this went without tears because, of course, I called my mom like bawling, crying. My heart felt like it was shattered. I felt like I needed to live perfect. I was Googling and I actually would suggest if this is you, this worked for me somehow. I don't know. I did eat a carton of blueberries a day. This sounds so ridiculous because I've never heard anybody suggest this, but I have told it to several people. I don't know if it's worked or not, but I did eat a carton of blueberries a day. It's supposed to be the highest antioxidants that you can ingest, and I ate those, and it's supposed to help with fertility. I did eat those every single day, but I was just like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I want to read a scripture that's from 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16, and this is from the message. It says, even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. And this is so true. This remains so true. God has literally been my biggest support, my biggest crutch, my best friend, my father, he he's always been there for me to pick up the pieces. And I've been through hard, difficult things throughout my life. And even like daily life, it doesn't, I mean, I'm not continually going through miscarriage. I know I wrote a book on it to like to support people, but I have other battles that I go through now and God is continually there. So there is a purpose that I wanted to share this story with you because I'm going to run out of time and I'm not going to be able to tell you the fullness uh, and like go into the next chapter. But in this chapter, I just tell about God giving this direct promise to me and speaking to me clearly. But, and I tell you this not to be like, hey, this happened to me. I'm amazing. No, I tell you these things because I think it's so important to relate them to your own life and know that God is still continually every single day trying to speak to his children. He wants to talk directly to you and tell you the direction and the path for your life. But you have to be willing to open your eyes to see it. And you have to be willing to open your eyes to hear it. And you have to be willing to hear and have that type of communication with God. I remember seeing that magnolia that's something that had just literally not grown and not changed form in years. And I really felt empty when I looked at it because I thought, I planted this in remembrance of my baby that I lost. And every time I look at it, it's just dead. Now, how crazy do you think that is that God used that very magnolia that I planted in the remembrance of my baby that I lost that never grew, never bloomed, never did anything. But the very day that I miscarried, he put blooms on it, on that magnolia that was in the memory, just to, just to speak to me in that way. It's so significant and it's so special. And it meant so much to me that God would take that time that it hurt. I mean, it helped ease the pain that my heart and my soul was going through to know that, wow, you cared enough to send me a bloom in that very moment that I needed it. I have seen God's word fulfilled so many times in my life that when this happened, I had no reason to doubt that what he was telling me was going to be true. I had always prayed to God that he would show me a sign or something so clear that I wouldn't be able to miss it. That even though it seemed crazy, 
it was clear to me, just something between me and God, that I couldn't deny that, okay, he's going to do this. His promise remains true. He's shown me before I can look back in my life and remember the stories of Abraham and Sarah and the times that he showed me those in church as a promise to my soul that with when he spoke to me through something like a magnolia, that was a significant moment in my life, a tree that I already related to my past miscarriage to speak to me about this miscarriage. I I could not deny that, right? He allowed it to bite to bud at the very time that I was losing this baby to show me a promise of another one. I couldn't deny that. I love this scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I love that because it's telling us to hold unswervingly. Do not swerve. Do not leave God's promise. Do not turn away from the hope that we have in the Lord because he's promised us and he has promised to us and he is faithful. And that is why I'm telling you this story today. That's why I'm telling you about this promise that God gave to me because he wants to do those things to you. And if you open your eyes and you allow him into your heart, I promise he will be there. I want you to think about your life and how you can relate to this story. Can you think of moments in your life when you thought there was no hope? When there was no possible way that God could change your circumstances? Have you been told by others to give up on your dream or the one thing that you've been longing for? Because I want to be the one that's here telling you today that whatever you've been fervently praying for, Whatever that longing is in your life, nothing is too hard for God. I want you to grow your faith and challenge God to show up in your life in a type of way that only He could do. Keep your eyes open, look up from your phone, and take in this masterpiece that God is painting around us. Don't miss out on it because it's so easy to in our everyday endeavors. It's so easy to get so captivated by your to-do list. It's so easy to get captivated by the negativity, but God is there being positive and putting little things in your path to promise that he is still there in all of the hard and all of the awful. God is the good thing that remains true. Second Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. This is the message. And I want to leave you with this scripture. It says, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, Not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. The things we can't see now will last forever. The things we've lost, they last forever. They have an eternity in heaven, and that's where we will see them once more. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. Don't give up. How could you? Even though on the outside, it looks like we're falling apart. It's just small potatoes. I love that. I love that scripture and how it says that because that's something that I would say anyways. But that is so true that all these difficult things that we go through, I don't want to ever minimize them. But I do want to say that in God's eyes, sometimes they are small potatoes compared to the greater good that he has, those things that we can't see, the purpose that we can't see. I hope one day when we get to heaven, it is made so clear why we go through these painful circumstances, why we go through these painful situations. And next week, I want to tell you about when this promise has come true in my life, when God 
really brought full circle this Magnolia story, this Magnolia promise, and showed me an unexpected miracle that I did not see coming in the timing that it did. I love you, friends, and I hope you have a wonderful day today. I hope your fall is kicking off good. I didn't tell you what drink I was drinking. I'm actually having the farmhouse matcha today. Just kept it simple. Got off the fall menu a little bit, even though I did start my day this morning with pumpkin spice, of course. I was already on, already on to the second drink today, which was the matcha. So I love you guys. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week with an unexpected miracle story.